Well, hey there. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Pastor Cody. And I'm Pastor Matt. And we are here to have a conversation. And this week we are so excited to be talking about your message called Gifted and Talented mm. from 1 Corinthians 14. We're talking about the spiritual gifts and we are so excited to jump into that. Yeah, if this man. is your first time listening, we would appreciate if you like and subscribe. That helps us out a ton. Um, and um, share with your friends. That's right. Let's jump in. Okay, so gifted and talented. Yeah, were you in the gifted and talented class? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I actually have a funny story. Oh, about that that right. I just now thought about. Let's the trauma it. has resurfaced. Oh, man. Um, when summoned, I summoned from the chaotic waters below. Yep. What is it? Of my brain. So when I was in, <laughs> I think I was in the third grade. Okay. Um, I got moved over to like a gifted and talented group for reading or something like that. You got moved back, didn't you? I did. <laughs> <laughs> I knew where that was going I as just, soon as you started. Yeah. I just remember my dad <laughs> being like super <laughs> proud. And then when I came home and told him, because, like, the teacher told, like, it was, n I was oblivious <laughs> to what was going on. The teacher told me, they were like, hey, we're just going to move you back for a little bit and see how that goes. And I was like, oh, okay, so it's not permanent, so that's cool. I'm still in the gifted and talented program. And my dad was like, what do you mean they moved you out? <laughs> 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 I was like, well, they said it's temporary. And he was like, no, no, it's not temporary. You're, you're done. And Those were from the days where not everybody <laughs> gets a trophy. Right. Not exactly. everybody gets a trophy. I don't even know if there is a gifted and talented <laughs> program anymore. It, uh, yeah, it's probably, uh, I don't know, politically yeah. incorrect <laughs> to have a gifted and talented. If you're watching Everyone. this and you were in a gifted and talented Everyone. program, I'm jealous and I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> I um, don't hate you. <laughs> and if you're gifted and talented, embrace it. You deserve to win that trophy. <laughs> yep, you deserve it. And I didn't, clearly. And here we are. Guess what? I've got my own podcast with like three viewers, Miss <laughs> Herman. How do you feel about that? Miss Herman. Yeah. She was a redhead, too. I feel real betrayed. Oh, man. Somehow, she wasn't Holy, looking Holy out Spirit, for her I pray that Mrs. Herman finds this video and watches it and knows that she made a terrible mistake. Yeah, she wasn't looking out for the fellow ginger. Yeah. yeah I feel so right. betrayed. She obviously didn't have a soul. No, we don't. And neither do you. It's kind of a... <laughs> <laughs> we should have a theological discussion of whether or not ginger Gingers people can be saved. Because we don't have souls. You don't have souls. No. I just die. There's nothing that goes beyond that. All gingers should be Jehovah Witness. You heard it first on this podcast. <laughs> Annihilationist. Yep. Watchtower.org. Hey. Or whatever their website is. So what are these things behind us? So these are energy swords behind us. Yeah. And unless you've lived under a rock your whole life, you should know where they came from. <laughs> I don't um, know. <laughs> I have no clue. If you've ever played a Halo game, yeah. it is from that. But therefore, we're hosting a Nerf event right here this weekend, August 28th. If you have a teenager, we'd love for them to come hang yeah. out with us so we can beat each other senselessly with all five of these. Yes. Um, right here in my office, we mm. have 100 Nerf guns. I wish you could. Roll. I wish you could see this. See yeah. the mm -hmm. this yeah. arsenal that we have. That's it's a lot taking up all of my office space. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be good. I'm pumped about this. It's going to be yeah. a great youth event. It's going to be awesome. I can feel it. We're calling it ET Foam Home. See, which is see a, what we did there. Yep, it's good. <laughs> it's a variation of Capture the Flag. We're going to be playing some Infected, and um, yeah, it's going to be great. Look out for the footage on that. Super pumped. Yes. Oh yeah. So, cold start. Here we go. Yeah, gifted and talented. First wait, Corinthians wait, 14. Wait, wait, Are you going to ask me something? Yeah, I'm going to ask you something. Mm, sorry. Every week I ask him a random question that he is not privy to at all. I do and not know what's coming. <laughs> and this week I want to ask you if, you, if somebody asked you to pick a song to sing for a karaoke night mm. that fits the state of the times that we live in, what would that song be? Oh, my Lord. A karaoke song that fits... The state in which we are living. Not the state, just like the, just our, like what, what would ca encapsulate our society in the form of a song? Mm. Like what song comes to mind when you think of the, the world that we live in? It's getting hot in here. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, that's more of like a biblical I was reference not to hell happening on <laughs> earth. Just in case you weren't aware. Yeah. Turner burn. Turner burn. <laughs> Save or sizzle. That's what Mike always says. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, I, man, yeah. karaoke, any song, any genre, any song, any genre. 
I would say, mm, like fun or any serious? any song. I've got one. Oh, you've got I'm, one. I'm just I'm waiting for yours. Mine <laughs> would be if I'm doing karaoke, I'm singing country. Okay. Off the get. Same. Really? Yeah, mine's a country song. Oh wow. Um, and if it were to define, hmm, we could do. I feel like it should be a George Strait song. Okay. Because no one like knows what good country is anymore. I don't even know what what this stuff is. Do all of your exes live in Texas? No. No. Maybe one. No I'm kidding. See, I'm trying to think of another George Strait song. Um. Yeah, I don't know, man. Maybe uh. I don't know about the whole defining. Okay, wh- what's your go-to karaoke song then? <laughs> I've never done karaoke. Isn't that crazy? What would you sing? I don't know. Whatever's there, I'd be like, okay, yeah, let's let's do it. <laughs> Whatever's on the screen. Whatever. Oh yeah. I don't know. All right, you ready for it? Here's my pick. Probably Kenny Chesney. Really? I'd probably sing Kenny Chesney. You know, like I go back or something like that. Some uh, kind of energetic, fun bar song that would get everybody going. Yeah. yeah. Raise Friends a cold in low one. Places. Yeah, not maybe Kenny Garth. Chesney. Yeah. Yeah. That's maybe <laughs> sing some Garth, man. I, I'd be down for that. Yeah. Yeah. So my pick that I feel like accurately personifies the state in which we live would be locked and loaded i am locked well i thought about (laughs) i (laughs) i made this for you and i was like oh man i got a good one for this yeah um let's hear it but uh, mine would be man i feel like a woman by shania twain (laughs) (laughs) that would be funny i would pay bucks big money i mean every time that song comes on the radio i'm like "Mm, that's my jam (laughs) really yeah oh when i when i was younger I don't think I can say that on this broadcast. <laughs> no, That's when I when I got my first like portable CD player, I had a kids bop. I, I had the you. OG kids. Nah, 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 oh yeah. Nah, nah. Oh yeah. I had the OG kids put your, bop. Put your leopard heels on <laughs> and see you march around your room singing. Chelsea, I don't know what you got over here. My she ain't watching. Goodness. She ain't watching. No, she, she knows though. She ain't watching. Um, she knows. <laughs> I did it for her last night. Karaoke. <laughs> Karaoke. <laughs> oh goodness, that's pretty. It's the backwards hat, man. Pretty fun. Does it. <laughs> <laughs> inside joke. Not so inside anymore, is it? Yeah. Oh. But I had I had two CDs from my first portable Sony CD player, and uh, one of them was Shania Twain's greatest hits. So, Dude. yeah. I mean, classic. All my friends in elementary school is like Aerosmith, and I'm like, I got the Shania Twain CD. You know what I mean? Look, there's a, a lot of things that can be said about that. Yep. A lot of things. And we'll leave them to we'll you. We'll leave them right there. We'll leave it right there. <laughs> if you have something you want me to ask him oh my goodness. for our cold start next week, cold, cold start, start jumpstarter episode, yeah. uh, let me know in the comments. And I'll have no answer and like I'll be today. Faithful, I'll be faithful to ask him. <laughs> I'll do yeah. it. I'm still thinking about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You disappointed me. I thought you were going to have one. I got nothing locked and loaded. I mean, I have to go through maybe my playlist. I mean, country is a go-to for me. Yeah. Like, frequently. Mm-hmm. I've got a really cool playlist that my brother-in-law, shout out to Jeremy, uh, my, my brother-in-law shared to me. And now every time we go out on the boat, that's the playlist that, mm. that gets played. I think it's called Marlboro, Marlboro Man. I can't say Marlboro. 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 Marlboro Man. It's kind of like how people say Missouri. Yeah. Missouri. Something like that. Missouri. Yeah. No, but it's, yeah. If you're it, from Missouri. It's a great playlist. Missouri. Whatever you call it. Just, you're from a weird place. <laughs> no, you're not. It, you're blessed. Is e- that even a real all, place? You all deserve trophies. You're all gifted and talented. Every one of you. Yeah. But yeah, Jeremy's playlist is the best. The co- best country playlist I've ever heard. I mean, I don't even need to like... It's the best. Yeah, I don't even no need Trump to go look at it. None. None. I'm not doing any. Zero. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. You remember Frank Caliendo? Where did that guy go? He did like all... I was like getting into these impressions again, and Sarah and I were laughing because when we... We got married. We listened to. I had like a a Zune. Remember those? Yeah, Microsoft yeah. Zunes, uh-huh. and it was full of like I don't know twenty gigs of mm-hmm. stuff. And I That's forget who MP3s. loaded it up. I think maybe like Chris Allison or somebody that I went to school with loaded it up for me at some point in time. And I had that for for the road trip because we did a road trip for our honeymoon. Uh-huh. Yeah, and Frank Caliendo was on there doing all these impressions and man i just i love impressions but no trump impressions this week none yeah zero well let's jump in man let's jump in so tell us um i've got some things that i wanted to ask you and maybe things that we can go through together but just tell us like what start there what maybe well not 
I'll I'll let you introduce first. <laughs> um, what <laughs> I mean, what I don't know. I listen to the go back and listen to the message. The link is in the description. I promise you, it will be for a lot of you. It will probably be maybe something not that you've never heard, but just a very different perspective on may, tongues, spiritual gifts, because that's what we're talking about, mm-hmm. um, or that's a big part of what we're talking about at least. Yeah. Um. But what were your thoughts going into the chapter, and just what? just kind of unpack where you feel like maybe you you wanted to go with that or where you maybe you feel like Paul was going with that I guess well I, I, I mean I think he's going to this place right where he was built he's building it up we got all of chapter 12 all of chapter 13 which seemed to be kind of like on its own but it's not yeah and it's definitely contributing and then chapter 14 I think the first verse number one uh, I've got it in here somewhere I've just got my notes pulled up but uh, verse number one, if I can get to it, it just says pursue love, right? Mm. So that just automatically ties chapter 13 in with 14. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. So uh, this is something that we should be desiring. This is something that we should be praying for. Mm-hmm. And so I guess where I'm coming from, and you can't desire them if they ceased. <laughs> well, that's true. Sure. Uh, yeah, exactly. But um, that one's for you, cessationists. <laughs> that's and such were we like <laughs> such, a month ago. Such was I no. a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> we're building the plane as we're flying. Yep. Uh, anyway, I go back. Kenny Chesney. We should do a parody of that for like all of our theological beliefs that mm-hmm. we go back to. Yeah. Uh, go and back two years say, and we're just ashamed. Yeah. Thank the Lord we're not there. But <laughs> the song stops and we just start crying. <laughs> it's tough i mean you know being raised in a bubble when that bubble pops you know there's so many things outside of it there's there's a playground full of theological discussions and perspectives and so just being just getting i remember when i first got and you finally got me onto it i was like stuck in my olive tree bible study program and cody's like yeah what are you doing like get logos like get rid of that junk yeah yeah, no, no real study person of study uses that. <laughs> so I was like, well, you know, I have kind of the the same commentaries and the same tools. He's I use like, every but week. I'll lose all twenty one John MacArthur commentaries that I have. <laughs> what am I gonna do? He's like, well, you'll. Uh, and I'm like, well, for starters, you can read one, better no. people. <laughs> no, <laughs> n- nothing against Johnny Mac, but um, no offense, ish, ish, yeah. But anyway, the point is... is but when was the last time that you read a John MacArthur commentary? Uh, since since I got rid of... Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. But it's... Just getting Lagos has been unbelievable, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm just... Su- I'm very grateful to our church, our elder board, you know, making provision so that their pastor has a, a decent library to read from. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it's just all at my fingertips. And it's literally a playground every week to just go and roll around in you know and and benefit from but uh anyway this i forget exactly where i was coming from on that but where he lands in chapter 14 it's such a a unique spot and for me you get the sense right that the whole the culmination of all of the problems that this church was having he shoves in chapter 13 which Mm -hmm. i love you know love doesn't envy love doesn't you know strive like that love doesn't you know it was a love issue and a pride issue well but i'm saying like yeah for sure and on their end he just takes all of it all of the negative things that they're doing and says you know love doesn't do those things and if you're interested in those things you need to be doing it with love and with the whole body in mind so it's really unity right and understanding that the whole body works together and if you're going to engage in these gifts these spiritual gifts uh you have to do it with with the right motives right mm-hmm. Uh, because the sense is, is after you read chapter 14, you see that they were pursuing, they were desiring, they were standing in the front of the service speaking in tongues without interpreters. They were, uh, you know, boasting in their spiritual gifts. And I would assume just by reading it, it's like there's got to be people in there prophesying over people oh, yeah. and just people are just like, mess. Uh, I don't think that's for me. Oh, it's for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you get this sense that like it's just this very disconnected. And so all of the verses, which I think is hilarious, and I kind of paid homage to this a little bit in the message, but all of the let, let all things be done decently and in order, right? Those verses that come mm-hmm. out of that, it's just they've been stripped of their meaning in, in, prior, in a prior life that I was in. 
where it's like they apply that to everything. <laughs> church Every- potlucks. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's like if there's anything in the church that they have an opinion on and someone's opinion differs from them, let all things be done decently and in order. Mm-hmm. You know, don't disagree with me on how I think this should be run. So they make it into this like hierarchical issue, right, of superiority. And that's just not at all. That's not it. You know, this moving into chapter 14, Paul is like, if anything, you have to approach this thing with humility because God may give you, I'm I'm thinking back, 1 Corinthians in the beginning, he's going to use the foolish to confound the wise. Mm -hmm. The Lord's probably going to speak through the least of these to to the person who thinks he's most important. So if anything, it's it's the upside down nature of the gospel that's happening. And for me, that's that's what 14 is all about. It's now the nitty gritty. He's prepared. He's prepped. He's let us know in chapter 12 what spiritual gifts are, where they fit, how diverse they are. And so if you here's the thing, if you if you do not honor the diversity of the body, if you do not honor the complexity of the body, then therefore you're missing out on the gifts. Yeah. The Holy Spirit is going to use people of different ethnicities, different backgrounds. And, and so, you know, desiring, pursuing that unity, that love uh, will will put us in the place to experience these spiritual gifts. So I automatically think through and th- these are this is the unpacking of Sunday's message. Right. I'm like, no wonder churches don't that don't experience this. A lot of times they look the same. A lot mm-hmm. of times there isn't a lot of there's diversity. No difference, yeah. There there's a lot of the same kind of people. You know, there's the same kind of preachers. There's the same kind of singers and it all fits this sort of let all things be done decently and i almost did my trump voice let, <laughs> let all things be done decently and in order and what you've done is you've said we only like this order and we don't like any of that order and paul's saying no it's the body of christ mm-hmm. there's beauty in diversity there's beauty in complexity there's there's actual beauty in not knowing in letting the answer go unknown so that there's space created for the holy spirit to work Major key. If we have all the knowledge, then what do we need a word of knowledge for? Right. If we have all the answers, then why do you why do you pray? Why are you looking for something if you have it all? So it's like <laughs> this is such a a game changer for the church, but it's been so taboo for so long. And so it felt really good to get in the pulpit Sunday and I did lay a lot of groundwork. I did just you know, like I laid a lot of prep work for it. And of course, there's going to be more messages on it. But it was just like, man, look, this is what I believe the scripture is saying. This is what I'm seeing. I believe this is being faithful to it, even though it's not necessarily what I've always believed or uh, how I've always um, interpreted, quote unquote, that, you know. And so for me, it's it's unknown. It's a mystery. There's some gray we we already have emails going back and forth in our church leadership in our elder board even about how are we going to handle this what is this going to look like moving forward um and and all of those messages and emails are centered around how can we be a more spirit-led church how yes. can we be more spirit-filled and you know how can we create more space uh for these gifts that we're clearly not experiencing to the level that we could be experiencing um, so anyway, it, it's exciting. It's anyway, new, it's fresh, yeah. opening monologue. There it is. <laughs> um, to springboard <laughs> off of that, <laughs> <laughs> to spring to springboard off of that, you had mentioned you kind of make a a statement right off the bat, and I think this is somewhere that we've all kind of arrived recently, is where there's just there's really no where need. There is no vision. The people perish. <laughs> yeah, get, get that guy out of here. That Ooh. was like part Trump. Oh Ooh. gosh, <laughs> like halfway. He's here in spirit. He's here. All right, mm-hmm. sorry. Um. Where was I? I don't know. Um, I'm just being oh, okay. Uh, just the idea of not being so dogmatic mm-hmm. about things that we don't need to be dogmatic about. Yeah. And you had mentioned, and this will be, and this for some of you, this may be a hard uh, pill to swallow because of the way that we view scripture and we view biblical principle. Um, but you mentioned, like, hey, look, this is not a tier one issue. This may not even be a tier two or three issue. Um, no. And I guess what may be confusing to those on the outside of the glass looking in is how do you decide, like, if it's in the Bible and we view we view the Bible as a as an inspired document that has something to say to us, how do we decide, A, you know what what makes something a, a tier one or tier two issue and b why are there why is there even tiers you mm. know like if it's all true and it's all in there like how do you 
how do you parse that out? Like, how do we read scripture and how do we parse out what exactly matters and maybe what matters less or does not matter? I think that, you know, what matters most are the things that Jesus talked about, you know, the things that they majored on, you Mm -hmm. know, that were important to them. Uh, I think that um, if they if they're preferential, you know what I mean, in that regard, like things that literally don't matter for instance i think maybe this is a an example that just came to mind it may it may hit home it may not um but when i get dressed in the morning to leave my house you know there's a few things that that i do you know i innately color coordinate mm-hmm. you know you do not well that i was going to say no. that makes that makes one of us <laughs> If you know me, you I'm know that I give you. zero thought to what I wear. I just throw it on. You do now. You, I try. I, I told my that. wife yesterday, I was like, I really just, like, I really wish I cared more about what I wore. Yeah. I really do. But it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, I've accepted that about you a long time ago. Yeah. But it's just, you know, the <laughs> the things are, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that go into my mind, you know, as far as like, okay, does this coordinate? Does this go? What am I going to be doing today? Uh, does this fit the bill? You know, and this is something that you, you constantly talk about all the time. You know, if we're going to be digging around in the attic, I need another pair of clothes. You yeah. know, I, I don't want to be wearing these nice clothes in the attic. Um, you know, and then after I select Unless those. Unless, of course, you do. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and then after I select those clothes, I iron them. You know, like I get the iron out and, you know, I iron those clothes for the day. And, you know, I, I leave out of the door. And when someone sees me, they prayerfully, they see things that are color coordinated that are neatly pressed and, um, you know, my shoes are tied. You know, I've thought through all of those things. But ultimately, when I leave out of the house, like, what's really important is that I have clothes on. Like, I just, it's really vitally important that, you know, certain areas of my body that would be very embarrassing if they are exposed would just be covered. Relatable. All <laughs> Right, exactly. <laughs> all of those other things are just things that we add to, things that, uh, you know, society has deemed acceptable that go along with it. But really, the point is getting dressed, you know. And so I would say the gospel is just the clothes that we have to put on, mm-hmm. you know, whether we coordinate them well, whether that message is polished or unpolished, whether it is, uh, you know, ironed or not. Are, are you wearing clothes? <laughs> you know, and so sometimes I look at some biblical teaching and I look at it, and with this analogy in mind, it's naked. It's it's completely exposed. And that's just how we like it. <laughs> <laughs> naked Bible podcast. No, but it is just, it's completely exposed, and it's like, there's nothing th- There's nothing there of, of substance. They didn't get dressed this morning. You know, mm-hmm. it's either fluff, there's, there's no direction, right, in that, and it's because they're missing the main substance of it. I'd rather have a pastor that is not matched and his clothes aren't ironed. And I don't mean this fig, I mean this within the illustration, but he's wearing clothes, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, and that's kind of where I put myself, where, where I am, you know, I don't feel like I'm polished. I don't feel like my clothes are ironed and matching as it pertains to my preaching. You know, I feel like we're just a bunch of self-taught laymen around here, you know, but we're doing our best just to get dressed and, and feed the flock of God that he has entrusted to us. So I think that's kind of how my mind works when it comes to theor- tier one theological, tier one. you know, issues, where it's like, okay, the gospel is the center of that. That's a death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Like, I believe, you know, and, and just think about that, right? The death, burial, and resurrection, I believe in a bodily resurrection, right? I believe Jesus died for my sins. His sacrifice, what is that? The blood atonement, you know what I mean? Like, there are things that surround the gospel that are the, the substance of it. Mm-hmm. You know, and then considering who Jesus was, I believe he was the son of God. But I believe he was God, you know. Uh, in Jesus' ministry, when he revealed himself, when he, when he took a step out, you know, uh, into ministry, and I'm excited about this new small group study that we're starting Wednesday night, talking about the geography around that. But, you know, when Jesus started, like, look at the Trinity. It was present right there from, from the moment that, that he began his ministry. You know, he said, look, I work and my father works hither too. No man comes unto me except the father draw. You, you get this sense, right? It's better that I go away. The Holy Spirit will come. So we, we can really determine what was important to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and By what he chose to spend it, time talking about. Yeah, and yeah. it was the gospel, mm-hmm. you know. And so uh, I, I think that, you know, that's like tier one things. And when I mentioned it Sunday in, in my sermon, 
I feel like, and this is something that we could spend hours talking and debating over, but I feel like there are people, churches, pastors, that draw lines within denominations and within Christianity um, that are harsh lines to protect and insulate their uh, body of believers. They do it so that they have their members and no one will infringe upon that because that everybody person, else is wrong. Yeah, that person over there believes in the gift of tongues. I don't believe in those gifts. So therefore you should never go to that church. Mm-hmm. And if people listen to if people are listening to this pastors and leaders, you need to be honest with yourselves and think that's not true. That's not why I do that. And if you're saying that, that's you. That's probably you because I've sat in those offices, I've sat in those meetings with pastors that were are probably sim- similar to you. And you can justify your behavior as much as you want. And we're, as leaders and pastors, sometimes we can be really good at that. Um, but we have to be honest. And, and if we're going to address this biblically, Paul's letter was written to the church. You know, there, it is the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's to that church local, but there's also a reference to the church global. And so, you know, we're tied in there. We have, you know, we have the the root and the the anchor here in the text. And if that's true, then you need to stop separating yourself that way. And you need to start thinking about more of the church and the body of Christ as you pertain to it, not how you're different from it and not how you're exclusive to the point that this has become people thinking that Baptists, uh, the Baptist briders, you know, like the, the people that they believe that the Baptist churches are only the bride of Christ. And I know that that's not typical and that was another small subset of the subset of independent baptist but it's actually a very common viewpoint yeah unfortunately and it's and it's out there you know and so uh you know the pendulum swing i'm trying to not have it swing too far here in our church but the idea is that there's a balanced approach to how we treat other brothers and sisters in christ and you know what we're talking about here spiritual gifts i've literally heard people say this you know pentecostals are, are just not saved. They're, they're not saved. They're, they're going to hell. You know, like these statements are just damaging. They're damaging, damning. They're, they're, a, pr- they're a problem. You know, it is. It's a huge, so many ways. huge problem. And I think kind of, to me, looking at these issues, like <laughs> when Jesus met the two guys on the road to Emmaus, on and, the road to and Emmaus. he told them, he's like, all... <laughs> Sorry, I don't know it. I'm in a karaoke um, mood. Yep. <laughs> Sorry. You can hear your chair. <laughs> Sorry. We got these cool this whole time now I'm just like spinning Schwibble. in my chair. I can't stop. Shout, um, out, shout out to Mark. These were these were donated. Yes, thank you, Mr. Mark. Yeah. Good chairs. Awesome. My stuff. back is in much better shape sitting in this oh than a folding goodness. chair. Oh man. Um as Pastor Reyes would say. Oh man. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, um, didn't mean to sidetrack. <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm gonna sip my coffee while you Okay. Cool. Um, but when Jesus was on the road to Emmaus, the point that he made to the gentleman that he was talking to is, you know, the scriptures pointed to a rising, you know, a rising and dying Messiah. That was their point. Their point was not to communicate, uh, life helps and and not that they don't have those things, but like that was never the focus. And so to me, when I think about a tier one issue, it's exactly that what you said, you know, does, you know, do we believe in, in Jesus who was God in the flesh, who died a physical death? and endured, you know, a bodily resurrection and now sits at God's right hand. Do we believe that and the implications of that? And if we do, then yeah. And we're going to have, you know, we <laughs> we are almost 2,100 years, well, yeah, almost 2,100 years removed from the context of the New Testament. Mm-hmm. And we are not going to view things in maybe as clear cut of a way as they would have been received. And anybody who says otherwise that the Bible is black and white and there's no there's no room for these other opinions, they're just wrong, plain and simple. Um, w- what did you call those ink blots? Ink blots, jot and tittle. No, the uh, oh, I'm reading that blue parakeet book, and he was he was talking about like people, uh, I don't know, ink blots or whatever, however he was saying it, but essentially people. Um, just like focusing in on one they thing. focus on one thing and just ignore a bunch the of story. other ones yeah yeah they mm-hmm. ignore the story yeah but what is the meta narrative of scripture and i laugh about this all the time somebody that we both sat under you may have worked for for almost 10 years um but i remember him saying in a sermon about the book of joshua like joshua d- you know what the book is made to do is it's made to picture the victorious christian life 
Mm. Like, no, what it's made to picture is the conquest. Mm-hmm. That's that's what it's about. <laughs> like, nothing more, nothing less. <laughs> and I just look back at these things and I'm like, yeah. wow. The biblical illiteracy that is present sometimes is very sad. But it's done. And, and, and please don't take our, you know, candor as saying we have it figured out. We don't. It's yeah. it's comical. Like and yeah. how we feel is that we're just like scratching We're just scratching the surface yeah. getting out of this. If that, if that. Mm-hmm. But it's the amount of arrogance that is like wound right. up. To say something like that, like, no no no, it's not this, it's this. Yeah. And to base that off of zero yeah. like sound interpretive. And if you decisions. look at it in the realm of scholarship you know, what's acceptable, what's been peer-reviewed, what hasn't, it has no legs. None. It's not Zero. standing at all. Yeah, it would be laughed out of a room right. in any scholarly meeting, regardless of denomination. Yeah, but they are 100% mm-hmm. you know, standing on these things. And so the average Christian, right, and, and the average church member loves their pastor mm-hmm. and, and has a relationship. That's what makes the shepherding piece so important of churches, right? Um, it's the fact that you don't really want the church member doesn't want to wade in the weeds too much because they don't they don't want to rock the boat. Right. They, they just course. want to love their pastor. They want to be loved. They want to be shepherded. They want to win and, and they want to invite people to their church. They, that's it. They just want to say, come go to church with me. Come enter into community with me. You know, and so uh, pastors like we have to be honest with what we're stewarding. We're stewarding people's emotions, people's relationships. We're stewarding people's families, people's lives, and they love you. You're their spiritual leader. And so, you know, at that point, like, you have to handle those things with love and with respect. And in doing so, take a take a deeper look into what you're drawing a line on. Because you may be asking someone to separate themselves from someone that God is trying to use them to reach. Mm-hmm. And and just because you have a, a, a pet peeve or a preference or how you think something should be run doesn't necessarily mean that that's bringing more unity to the church. In all actuality, it could be bringing more divisiveness. It, it could be alienating your church from a gift of the Holy Spirit that could actually revitalize and bring new territories and new waters uh, that you haven't even explored yet. Yeah. Um, so and I anyway. think that I think the huge miss is I think that Jesus cares a lot more about the unity of the universal church mm. than most of us realize. Yeah. You know, we're so focused on just one, but really we're a, co- we're a part of a collective. Yeah. You know, and I know that there's no like universal term used in the, in the new Testament, but like we get it. Like the church is global and then we have local gatherings, local yeah. church, global church, whatever. But it's very important that we're unified and on the same front. And when we're not, I just think that that's yeah. very bad. It is. And I think that we can just get better at it. That's that's my Do point. Better. We, we can, yeah, we can get better at disagreeing. We can get better at uh, our differences and how we take a different approach, you know, yeah. towards certain things. And so when it is a, a tier, what you would consider a tier one theological issue, and I, I'm fully aware that some people are like the King James Bible, is a tier one theological issue. I'm well aware that there are folks that think that and think that I'm way off my rocker because I'm missing on a on a tier one theological issue. Even if that's the case, we still can do better at loving each other when there's those disagreements. Right. Um, and so I'm not here to say you're right or wrong. I'm here to say, like, let's verse verse fourteen. I don't have let's, your notes pulled. Let's up. pursue love. Let's pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, regardless of what that is. Yep. Um, so, but anyway, I, I did my best to try to say that, you know, there are levels of this. And, a, a, you know, a proof text, just so that, that you, uh, maybe if, if you're coming from a different place, you know, they did not agree on baptism. They just didn't. Apollos, yep. um, you know, he was shown a better way by who, I think Aquila and Priscilla. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I think is who it was in the book of Acts. I'm pulling from, from memory here, but... Um, they disagree. Somebody's going to comment like, actually, <laughs> which it is was fine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, which is fine. Yeah, comment hey, away. Whatever. Yeah, I'm good. F- I'm good, f- you know, with it. But the point is, uh, you know, there were disagreements in whether or not new believers should be circumcised or not. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal. Like, yeah, I'd, b- I'd be like, oh, that's a that's an interesting membership covenant you got there. And yeah. what and I've got to go through and to us, that sounds like such a shock and like, yeah. oh, whatever circumcision. But to them, that was a huge yeah. Huge shift from and it was know, a meeting, like covenant practices. a church council that was you know that mm-hmm. they had to have, right. 
So there were big disagreements, you know, and so that's kind of what, you know, I I just want to throw that out there, you know, that there were disagreements, there were issues on big issues, and they still made it through. And they still still were able to meet together and have a conversation and get get through it. Yeah. Um, And reviewing some of these things that I feel like you've, you've ironed out in what some would consider just a muddy... Not a muddy passage, but stu- there's a lot of stuff in the past few chapters that a lot of people will read and just not know what to do with. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if that's you, please go listen to the previous conversations and messages, and maybe that'll help with some clarity, or Perfectly. at least from our from our perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but a couple things that you you reviewed even in this past messages. One, uh, the baptism of the Spirit happens at salvation. Yeah, this is not us praying over somebody hoping that the spiritual giftings fall over them. Right. You know, we are baptized into the spirit at salvation. When Mm -hmm. the spirit comes in, we are our location is changed. And we talked about that a couple weeks ago. Um, The gifts of the spirit are for the common good. They're not for us. And that's part of the issue in in the that Paul tackled in the last chapter with love is that, you know, (laughs) we're all for ourselves, you know, Mm -hmm. or they they were all for themselves. They were. And they were chasing gifts and not chasing a, a love for each other within the body mm-hmm. and regardless of how we feel and i think this is the difference between people like us who come from a very traditional and i say we but i did not grow up in church so i can't super relate like as mm-hmm. i'm not as deeply tied to that train of thought but i did go to hiles anderson so it's there um yeah well i think it's important just to hit pause on that and don't don't forget where you are but that's important to understand that we come from a certain context you right. know for those of you that are like man what are they Right. What's this drum that they're beating? What's, you know, this is going to be foreign to some of you. This is just my experience. You know, I come from an independent Baptist background. So I'm unpacking my experiences and I'm unpacking the lens that I have looked through for so many years. So I'm praying that the Lord uses my unpacking, you know, and my, uh, what is, what do you call that? Deconstruction. Deconstruction. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the Lord. I pray that he uses my deconstruction in that in, in for, for his glory and for the spirit's benefit in your life. Um, Mm -hmm. so as he constructs me and builds me, you know, in his grace, you know, but anyway, so that's the lens, you know, God spoke to Paul in Paul's days and in Paul's ways, you know, he's speaking Mm -hmm. to me, uh, you know, in <laughs> his someone has been on the blue parakeet. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I'm trying it's to a finish great it. Book, Scott McKnight. I feel like there's going to be some relevance for this <laughs> upcoming verse set of verses here. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. But anyway, yeah, we're not after a certain group of people. We're not. We're this just, is just where we come we're from. We're just speaking from where we've come that's from right. and where we're going. That's right. Um, no animosity towards anybody specific. Mm-hmm. Um, but the last thing that you reviewed is that regardless of feeling, and I think this is the difference between us and like a Pentecostal or what I would consider to be a stereotypical, what I think of when I think of Pentecostals, because I'm just not a very emotional person. If you know me, like I'm not a touchy feely emotional, like that's not what I am. And, but regardless of feeling the Holy spirit is on site. He is here and he is at work regardless of what we feel or if we're speaking in tongues or not, like that's not what it's about. He's here. We're baptized into him. That is our location, Mm -hmm. regardless of if we feel it or not. And I think yeah. that's really significant, really significant point. Yeah. Um, and the scriptures are there. Yeah. And moving on. So we're going to talk about tongues. Here we go. Um, this. OK, so this message. And if you haven't listened to it, I'm going to hit it. I'm going to hit it again. You have to listen to the message. If you haven't listened to it, you missed out on some good stuff. There was a lot of things that I picked up, um, you know, just I've never looked at the passage this way. And I think it makes a ton of sense. And we're going to jump into that. Um, you made some excellent points. So <laughs> the first thing that jumped out is verse, uh, it's uh, 1 Corinthians fourteen thirteen mm-hmm. from the CSB. Therefore, the person who speaks in tongues should pray that he can interpret. And where we come from, I've always been like, it's always been taught and I've always kind of understood tongues as like, oh, well, that's just, you know, you know, if you're bilingual, that's the gift of tongues. You can speak to somebody else in a different language. And just because the Greek word for tongues can mean that doesn't mean that it does or always does. Um, but I just, you know, reading that and you're like, wow, like why, why would Paul need to say that? Like, why would there need to be an interpretation for what you're speaking if all it is is A, a different language or B, if it's just you? Like, there's just there's a missing there was a missing piece there for me. And I think that kind of that kind of breaks the ice a little bit for me. Like, oh, there's a lot more going on with this concept than just 
just languages, you know, foreign languages or prayer languages. There's a lot more uh, going on here. Maybe you can speak to how that hit you <laughs> a little bit because it hit yeah. me like a ton of bricks. Yeah, and it I really did. I didn't approach this passage wanting to change my position, and I think mm-hmm. you could testify to that more, true. more Very than true. anybody. Yeah, I did not approach this passage of Scripture thinking thinking, number one, that I would change, or number two, having the desire to change. I'm not a person that just changes. He's not. I'm I ragged on him all the time yeah. before he switched to the CSB. It took me years, years. I don't just flippantly, and I've been arguing with my brother-in-law about this for over a year. Mm-hmm. You know, like, this is not something, you know, that happens overnight with me. You know, I'm, I'm, I become a creature of habit. I am a creature of habit. I'm, I'm old school, you know, because that's who I, who I was. And, you know, the Lord, it takes him time to break me apart, break me down and, and change me in a lot of these areas. Um, and for some of you that have observed me maybe from a distance, you know, it may seem like, oh my gosh, he's just way, he just accepts <laughs> any new thing. Those just aren't people who... It's very not true. Yeah they're, yeah, they're just not people who walk closely with me. Um, but anyway... You're like Captain America. It takes you a long time to get worn down. You're just like, I could do this all day. <laughs> I'm not changing my mind. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I say all that to say it's just not something that I was looking to change. But when you get to verse 13 and, and you see it, therefore the person who speaks in a tongue should pray that he can interpret... It strips that glossa, glossaea, I believe is how you say it. It strips that Greek word of the ability to be interpreted from the Acts chapter 2 Pentecost moment, mm-hmm. which is clearly people hearing in a language. Oh, yeah. And well, here's the, that to me, not to interrupt you, no, no, but no, I, was, okay. I was thinking about this and I was like, oh my gosh, like this makes way more sense because Acts says that people heard in their own language. That's it doesn't right. say that they were speaking in these people's languages. It's that they heard. Right. We don't know what the apostles were saying or what they yeah. sounded like. We just know that people heard it. Right. What they, they heard what they needed to hear. Yeah. And, you know? and the point is, and this is where from, from my background, once again, I had to deconstruct is just because it's not that all the time doesn't mean it's not that at all. It's both. It is. If you say, well, if I say that the gift of tongues is in uh, is an ecstatic language that cannot be discerned, then I cannot say that it's also a tongue that can be discerned in a different language. That's not true. You see both in Scripture. You see a place where Peter is preaching and they're hearing in their own native tongue. You see also the Apostle Paul saying there's a time when you're speaking in an utterance. He, he clarifies it right out of the gate. He says here in the beginning of the, the chapter— uh, pursue love, desire, spiritual gifts, especially for you to prophesy. For the person who speaks in a tongue is not speaking to people, but to God, since no one understands him. He speaks mysteries in the spirit. There's no room. And even in that, <laughs> you're like, okay, uh, that, yeah, that's a language. And, and I watched Tom Schreiner's uh, video on YouTube, and, and I've pr- I'm pretty sure I've watched every video of someone speaking against it as far as it being an ecstatic language. Uh, I've, I'm pretty sure I've watched all of them. But the point is, all that I've, re- in my research, but um, the, the point is, is when you get to verse 13, or is it 14, rather, verse 13, and it says, pray that you receive the interpretation, that clearly shows that verse 1, 2, and 3 were all about this unknown, ecstatic, gibberish, uh, that was just being uttered that had nothing to, it, it had no properties in it to be discerned by a natural ear. It needs a supernatural ear. It needs the spirit of God. It needs the spirit of God to be interpreted. And so Paul is saying, if you speak, if you speak in a tongue, not you should or you must. <laughs> not when, if. If, then you should be praying for the interpretation. Why? Because it's your spirit speaking. It is the spirit speaking within. It is an unknown, ecstatic language. Um, and so verse 13, if, you've, if you have kind of struggled with this in the past and you think it's weird and strange, which I still kind of think it's weird and strange. It's still very strange to us. Yeah. Verse 13 tells us that it can't be a language that's understood. It can't be. Right. So it's not it's, it's not, not there. It's just not there. So you you automatically have to accept some of the things in this passage and go, OK, 
uh, this is different. You know, there's something different happening. There's something different going on. Uh, and once you accept that and you go, okay, all right, now where are we going to go? Um, you know, this is not an issue of, you know, and let me just help you. Let me, let me just calm you down a little bit. This isn't, let me just, let me just, <laughs> yeah, I think of Ed Dimitch coffee. This isn't moving the ancient landmark. This isn't once I decide that this is this way and not this way, I'm going to automatically fall into sin. I'm going to automatically, my church is going to be Pentecostal. I'm going to automatically, because now I'm a continuous, you know, first of all, it's going to be all right. It's going to be okay. Like there doesn't have to be, I actually prayed for the gift of tongues. I've prayed for the gift of prophecy, you know, and the Lord has not given it to me. Uh, so uh, here, here's my, here's my, but thinking. it's going to happen today live on our broadcast <laughs> right now. Just kidding. It's actually behind the paywall. Yeah. Behind the paywall. That was <laughs> click that link. Get that it, was good. It. Yeah. I like that. But it, my point is, is we are accepting scripture for what it says and for what the author intended for that audience. And so, uh, look, it is the Bible and it's true and it's a hundred percent right. And so let the Lord worry about those things on the other end. Now, I, I'm saying all this to say, I, I believe in the review, those notes, that the Spirit of God, your bat being baptized into the Spirit of God happens at salvation. How does salvation happen? Go back a few weeks and listen to my messages leading up. By grace through faith. None of this is a prerequisite of salvation. None. Paul Zero. has laid that groundwork very clear, firmly. And, and, and also the point of this is chapter 1, verse 17. He's concerned that this church is emptying the cross or the gospel of its power, right? He's concerned that what they're doing is losing power, not gaining power, not leveraging the power of God. And so he's, he's by this, by chapter 14, he's talking about the mechanics of how to harness the power of God that is working through spiritual gifts. And we have to accept the fact that there are mysteries. There are things that happen that should not have like 100% clarity because the Lord wants to do supernatural. He wants to do things. If this is what your words, remember this, this church was tied up in rhetoric. They were mm. all about the, the preaching of Apollos. They were all about being able to stand in the public se sector and, and present themselves uh, you know, this argument that was going to win the day. And mm -hmm. Paul's like, what about if it's not a language you understand? What about if the spirit of God uses an utterance that doesn't make you look good? It's okay. In fact, it might actually produce something greater than what your natural language could have produced. And so that's kind of where, where we land here is that it's about, not about us, it's the common good. It's not about me right. looking good, it's about the Spirit of God looking good. Yes. It's not about my pride, it's about me saying this and being obedient in it for someone else. Um, so anyway, I say all that to say this has nothing to do with salvation. This is a spiritual gift after after the paywall. <laughs> <laughs> after behind anyway. the paywall. Yeah, behind the paywall. Give us your loyalty, yeah. then you get the gift. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> after you declare your loyalty to Jesus by grace through faith, you're in the spirit of God. You have access, right? These are the tools. These are the giftings. These are the talents of the spirit of God for you to reach your spiritual potential in the body of Christ. And is that for you? No, it's for the body. Like, it's an incredible thing. Uh, so this isn't about your salvation. This isn't about, and this is where I believe impartation is there. I believe the laying of on of hands is there. I believe the laying on, on of hands for healing for we did it when we affirmed our elders. Why? Because it's scriptural. The Bible says that. You know, the laying on of hands is an important thing. But I don't, what I don't see here is that Paul says, and this is important, I don't see here that Paul says, when you're now a new member of the body of Christ, we're going to lay hands on you until the gift of tongues falls on you because that's a sign of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and of you receiving the gift, right? Yeah, it's just not there. That's not what I see. Mm -hmm. um, so also what I do see in this passage is a church that was enamored with this gift of uh, ecstatic utterances. So I see here a church that that is what Paul is telling them not to focus on. He's, he's saying, this is a good gift. I would pray that all of you would speak in tongues. I would pray that you would receive the interpretation. But how about you pray that you are able to prophesy? 
How about you pray that you're able to receive a prophetic utterance for someone else in the church? Why? Because if you receive a word that can be understood, that you can just tell a brother or sister, um, that immediately builds them up. And he also says in the passage, we didn't get there Sunday, but um, people that are non-believers that are in your congregation will be freaked the heck out over ecstatic utterances. So the gift of tongues is not palatable. Yeah, right. It's not palatable for unbelievers. So Paul is saying the one thing that you all are acting and showboating in, which is this gift of tongues, is not something that you should be majoring in. It's something that you should be minoring in. It's something that you should have in your own prayer closets. It's something that you should pray for. And it's between you and God. And this is about the body. So therefore, you should be more concerned with prophesying. And so that's really where I would say the difference is where I would like our church to head over a typical church that would be a maybe Pentecostal or not to say that they have it wrong, but it could be out of balance like this church was wrong. (laughs) Right. And so what Paul would say is don't open it up for this open air. Everyone speaking in tongues in the church. That's not what we're looking for. It's better that people give words of prophecy. It's better that someone has a word. And has the Lord ever used you to do that? Has the Lord ever, watch this in Baptist terminology, laid someone on, on your heart? Has the Lord ever laid someone on your heart? Have you ever mm. prayed for someone because the Lord put you on, put them on your heart, heart? And then it was so much so that you called them and said, hey, I was thinking about you. How are you doing? How's that thing going? W- what is that? That could be a gift of prophecy. Yeah. Baptists do it, but they just don't <laughs> claim it. Just don't call it that. Right. They call it follow up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I firmly believe. We're in phase three of assimilation exactly. right here, brother. That's what it is. Exactly. So uh, we need to get back to the more organic, supernatural, and forget the natural state. True. You know what I mean? So let's let the Holy Spirit have. Uh, we've taken all things to be done decently and in order. We, we've taken it too far. And, and so anyway, but what, what we are seeing in this text is that it's not open air, everybody speaking in tongues. Paul is saying, I would rather we prophesy. I would rather we build each other up in a known language because that will help and edify and build up immediately. So this is not us saying, okay, free for all, just see what happens. Absolutely not. But for us to agree that verse 13 says that this is some type of ecstatic language. This is an utterance that is not a oh, yeah. a language. That's, what it, that's certainly how it appears to yeah, me. Yeah, is number one, not a license for it to be abused because that's what this church was doing. Yeah. So just because you just because you admit that and accept that doesn't necessarily mean we're going to change our order of service. If anything, it means that we're just going to create other avenues you know, for believers to connect. For believers to get together and to edify and build each other up more. So anyway, that was a, yeah. a long way around, but I think that it's this. I mean, this there's is a just lot. a lot, it's a lot. there. It's a lot, and there's a lot for us to unpack here because this is, a, this is pretty new territory for us. It is. Um, kind of as we kind of put a bow on this, I just some thoughts for me as I kind of uh, how how my view has developed here. Uh, the picture that's kind of been painted in my mind, and you can tell me if I'm off base because I'm, like I said, this is new. Um, but tongues, it it kind of feels like it's a multifaceted thing, um, where you could you could take acts, uh, you know, as speaking out of the language. You could take it as a private prayer language. It's you both. could take it as a almost as a form of revelation when you're giving, you know, a it word of the Lord to somebody. It yeah, can it can be interpreted. Right. And so towards the end of the chapter, though, Paul, uh, he seems to describe tongues being a way that God communicates to the body. And then he says that he prefers that the church would prophesy. Mm-hmm. And but it almost seems like he creates uh, like a link between tongues and prophesying, because in a way, like if you're receiving, like if somebody's interpreting that, like that is in a way like you're prophesying, you're yeah. getting getting or giving a word to somebody from the spirit. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. Well, that's kind of I think he does that by saying there should be the interpretation. Yeah. And if not, keep silent. Don't do it. Mm -hmm. You know, and so that's where there is a strong connection to prophecy, that prophetic gift and tongues. Right. It's like it's almost like they either work together or in some instances they just are the same thing. Yeah. And it, it can I get the sense that it can be both. I get the sense that it is also like that private 
prayer language where it's you and God. Um, but I would say this, like, this is why it gets a bad rap. And this mm-hmm. is why I have spent, you know, hours and hours and hours studying it and hours and hours and hours refusing it mm-hmm. is because just like everything else, it's abused. Yep. Just like everything else in this church, it was being abused and it is being abused today. Yep. I mean, you have guys that are real good at the social media and good at drawing a crowd and then they 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 just have these ecstatic utterances and gibberish but there's no <laughs> there are no tier 1 theological issues in their ministry they're literally using and leveraging this idea that there's nothing concrete about what they're saying but this is what the lord is saying right and they're and and they're what we would call false teachers so false teachers, I mean, there is warning after warning after warning in the New Testament about false teachers. You know what I mean? And so I think this is vitally important to consider someone's lifestyle, to consider someone's, uh, y- you know, th- the holistic perspective of how the gospel has influenced their life. You know, and so the proof is in the pudding, you know, and I think that's why did Paul, even in this book, remember when they called into question like, his his salary whether mm-hmm. and they were actually upset that he wasn't taking you know and that he was hey paul what's the deal why are we matching your 401k <laughs> contributions what's going on so <laughs> it, it's just you know he didn't think twice about he didn't think twice about saying look back off mm-hmm. this is who i am in jesus this is what i'm doing this is why i'm doing it and i mean in in no less words he just flexed and said look i have peace about where I'm coming from. And just because I have peace about doing it this way, Peter, Peter can take a wife. I mean, that's literally what he says. He's like, Peter can have a spouse. I can be single. It's okay. Right. Like there's, there's differences here. Why? Because we're all after the same thing. And what was that? The, the preaching of the cross to save those folks, his goal. And I said this in the, it's in the, the notes from Sunday's message. Paul's original goal here was the preaching of the cross was was that the lost would be saved mm-hmm. you know and so is the goal of those ministries to save the lost or is the goal to just heal hurt people and collect a paycheck for it yeah you know and so this faith healing thing that's been around for the last 40 50 years maybe more um it's clear that the end result is for them to receive financial gain from from them healing someone and the false claims, the twisting of scripture, like it's all there. Oh, yeah. You know, what we're doing at, at Bethlehem is trying to be faithful to scripture, walk through the text, formulate and, and model our church from what we see and what we believe the Lord to want in us today in 2021. Mm-hmm. And none of that has anything to do uh, with us getting over on people. You know, if anything, we're trying to steward what the Lord gives us every penny like it is. Our finance <laughs> committee, every penny. every penny, our finance committee, the elders here at our church, like everything is just, you know, dealt with and cared for uh, in such a uh, detailed way, you know, because we want to leverage it for for the kingdom of God, not for us, not for our own benefit, not for our own our own name. We're here for the name of Jesus. Yeah. So there's a lot of there's a lot of things that practically play out. And none of them have to do with you accepting the fact that tongues are an ecstatic language or not. Just because there are people that are doing this uh, and abusing it and not doing it well and they're doing it in the wrong doesn't mean there aren't pastors on the other side who don't believe in tongues but that aren't abusing their power and abusing their people and abusing their finances. Like, that's sin. Sin is sin regardless of whether you believe in tongues or you don't. Right. Regardless, Regardless of how it shows up, it's it's still sinful. And, yeah. you know, we're not here to name any of those people, Kenneth Copeland. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> no, but we're just trying. I am specifically in this moment just trying to get you to see that you can still be a faithful Christian and believe this. There are faithful Christians, uh, you know, and, and someone who just came to mind right now is Pastor Ed Michael. Right. And I had a conversation with him before I came to this, before mm-hmm. I came to this understanding you know he was so is he eastern mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. pastor of eastern assembly he was so gracious to me when i was uh even younger and i know that he he is older and wiser and 
Uh, I respect him so much. And, you know, our, our hearts and prayers are with him and his family during this difficult time. Uh, his wife has been uh, diagnosed with breast cancer. And to you, Rachel, and to Pastor Ed, we, uh, we are praying for healing. We are actively praying for healing, for God to touch your body and uh, heal you. Uh, from from all manner of sickness and disease and from every spirit of that infirmity, we pray that it would be gone in Jesus name. Um, but I would just I would just say that his faithfulness, Pastor Ed's faithfulness and kindness to me when I didn't believe it was revelation, was the Lord saying and speaking to me that here's a man who loves the Lord, who is faithful in his ministry, who loves people who's caring for the community of Dundalk, and he believes in the gift of tongues. I'm like, this can't be. Everyone who right. believes in the gift of tongues has to be crazy. And, you know, like, it's absolutely not true. It's a lie from the enemy yep. uh, to divide, to push us apart. Um, so, anyway, this has been an incredible passage of Scripture. Yeah, and it's really interesting. Yeah, I just want to encourage you, watch the message. Please, please and, do. Um, it's, it's read good. through the notes. Yeah, the, the message notes are published uh, on the message and in the description of this video here, or audio, whichever way you're partaking. Mm. Um, closing thoughts here, uh, you kind of ended with, uh, or we'll, well, we'll leave it where Paul began in verse number one, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, and especially that you may prophesy. And yeah. you said, uh, we need spiritual gifts. We need space for the Holy Spirit to work in the ways that he wants to work, and um you said quite possibly the biggest challenge of the church today is substituting our gifts and abilities for the Spirit's perfect choice of his gifts and abilities. Yeah. And then you said, I would rather the Holy Spirit flex than my flesh any day. What say you? Yeah, what say you? What say you? In order to let him flex, you got to put the weight down. we got to get out of the way. Yep. Yep. It's not about our gifts, and even if it was, you know, it's for the common good of the body. That's right. You know? Mm. So chew on that. Yeah. Hey, I love you. Thank you for hanging out with us. Yep. And as always, we appreciate your uh, your viewership and hanging out. And um, this week, if you haven't noticed, our camera angle is much crisper. Yeah. Um, and uh, we're just we're just grateful for all of you who listen and watch with us. Hey. God bless you. Yep. Love you. Have a wonderful like day. Subscribe. See you next week. Yeah.